Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Digital Balance Podcast. With me today, I have Kyle McDonald and Sunny Singh. Hey, what's up? You sound way too excited. <laughs> I'm a little tired, so I'm trying to make sure I f- sound enthused. <laughs> oh, hold on. I don't have the Trello up. I don't know. I'm very unprepared today. I'm just... It's one of those days that I'm the unprepared one. I'm being a terrible host. All right, guys, let's jump into the news. Let's start with uh, Casey gives another update on Beam News. Sonny, you want to talk about it? You're the one who added it first. Yeah, he released a video, and this was actually on the Beam News YouTube channel. And it's basically an update. Like, He's talking about he wants to make it a daily show, but he wants to avoid making like newsy or documentary style. Um, there was one topic he was talking about, like the Manchester terrorist attack, and he wanted to, um, you know, instead of talking about like how do we combat terrorism, instead we want to talk about like how do how does a normal person become terrorist. But you know, I thought that topic was interesting, but he scrapped it because it was too documentary style. Um, the Click Farm video that we talked about like last week, I guess, or two weeks ago, um, that's the one they liked the most, and they updated it where. They now have like a Beam Panels app um, where people can like send videos um, talking about like, it's basically like comments as videos essentially. So that was really all he talked about in that video. Um, In my opinion on it is pretty much the same. Like it's still pretty much a source fed Buzzfeed clone. Um, And I don't really see a lot of people using Beam Panels. Like why not just do Snapchat? Because, you know, you can't really expect people to download an app. So that's my take on it. Well, how I see it is the Beam Panels is the best way to do it. They have access to the raw video at that point. Because if you do it with Snapchat, you have to use like quick time to record the screen. It's kind of an awkward process there. So I understand why they want to use their own app. They want that raw video so they can download it and then use it in their, their uh, YouTube app and video editor. Because if you use Snapchat, you have to do some sort of screen recording. Yeah, but they should make it easier on the consumer, not themselves. Yeah, Snapchat's just an example, but they could use, I don't know, Twitter or just, like, sending an email in. Like, downloading it an app, I feel like, is asking a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I see why they're using the app, though, because you don't want that compressed video. You want the best experience when you're watching the video. I no, I understand why also. But I, I'm, I'm saying, like, same thing as Kyle said, just it doesn't make it easier on the on the consumer. Well, I understand it's not easy, but it's downloading an app. You press two buttons and you download it. It's not that hard. People ask us to download an app every day. I go to the grocery store and I have to download an app to get coupons. For like a single YouTube channel, though, I think is it's really I pushing do it. it. Honestly, it would be annoying. I think once they've when gotten a large there. following, then it makes sense. Like, hey guys, we are introducing this cool new app. Download it. You can engage with us. That sort of thing. It's so easy just to use a social media platform that everybody else already uses, like consumer facing wise, sure it might be more difficult to get a video clip, but hmm. if they want interaction, they'll use what everybody else is using. I feel like what Casey's trying to do right now is what Philip DeFranco did back in the day. You remember how Philip DeFranco had like video responses? He would actually do video responses on YouTube and that's how he kinda got big. He, Casey wants to bring back video responses on YouTube, but he's having to work around all this weird stuff. In regards to like Philly D, though, um, a lot of 
like it doesn't i still don't understand what they're introducing that's new because it still seems like like there's a bunch of news channels on youtube and beam news is not really introducing anything new because like there's like philly d there's just kidding news that like just talk about the news make it more of a comedy oriented and then there's like buzzfeed and SourceFed. so um it doesn't well, just doesn't seem, seem anything new what's that SourceFed's dead <laughs> well there you go i would say that's more reason not to or like try to do something new but everyone else is already i don't know i don't know and the after other this after this beam news like update on actual beam news youtube i feel a little more confident about the whole project i kind of see the direction that they want to go in i see that they they have a grand scheme but i feel like casey's projecting all his worries about what what beam news is going to be like he doesn't want to be a casey show he doesn't want this i think he's projecting that onto the project and i think those are all the things that would make this project a very strong if he just started out doing like a majority of the the hosting i think everyone would just watch because it's casey and then you start bringing in like um i think his name is what is his name chris or Oh, I forget the other guy's name, the main producer. I don't remember either, but the scary part, though, um, if we were like, to put numbers to this, the Beam News channel um, only has 15,000 subscribers. And yes, it wasn't like, I guess, publicly, you know, visit this channel, like on Casey's, on Casey's channel, but, um, but people that would be interested would just search it up, so... Like, I, I feel like it should have more. So that kind of, like, validates the fact that it's not something that people are interested in. Well, when you originally put the Casey gives another update to Beam, I didn't click that YouTube link. I originally went to Casey Nysat's channel, YouTube channel, and I looked on there and I was like, there's no new videos. And then I had to go to the Trello board, click that link, because I didn't know that Beam News had actually, like, had a YouTube channel in any capacity. I mean, he did talk what, about it in the initial update that was on the KC9 stat channel. Well, and that, that's how I found out I think out I about looked it. and there was no videos, so I was like, ah, whatever. But what I think Casey should do is do a, like, a dedicated video to Beam News on his vlog, and then I feel like that would really push it, Beam News further. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, they tend to, you know, if they are interested in something or, like, you know, they, have, they follow someone um, that they really admire, they'll, like, go and look up something and it's kind of also like ooh, i know about this when a lot of other people don't so the fact that it's only fifteen thousand, even though casey like mentioned it on his channel um i think that's 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 worrisome but i could be like looking way too deep into it i don't know i think you're looking a little a little too deep because i'm very much like the average person i go oh that's a really good idea i like click the link in the the show notes and i go okay cool and then i forget i forget to subscribe or i go ah there's no videos i don't want to subscribe right now i do it often with like twitter accounts i see they tweet a lot during like january to june and then they're done for the rest of the year and i'm like okay unfollow for the rest of the year and then i start following them again in february it's just one of those things that i'm like I'm off often like subscribing, unsubscribing to channels when I get junk. Sure, but I guess like just still looking at it, at you know, they're, uh, Beam News. It doesn't seem like they're doing anything new, and 
you know, this whole beam panels thing, I'm personally not a fan of it. I understand why they're doing it, but I just don't feel like um, people will be into it. So just kind of, yeah. They have CNN backing them, so what I also feel like is going to happen is you're going to have these weird documentary YouTube videos also go on air on CNN in some capacity. Yeah, maybe that's their plan. Because it's not something that can, I think, thrive uh, simply off of YouTube. I, I mean, I think it could thrive on YouTube. Every, maybe it's just my my thought process that everyone thinks Casey Neistat is like this YouTube star, and they're just gonna go watch it for Casey. No. No, because I feel like it's it's still way too saturated. Um, and again, I'm, I mean, I might be looking into it, but um, currently his fan base isn't really into Beam News as much as, as you would think. So, um, It's one of those things where it's still not released. I guess time will tell. Yeah, I feel like once he actually releases it and maybe talks about it a little more, because originally he started the vlog to promote his beam app originally and talking about it on his vlog like launched that app that was the like main focus point for everyone who like got into beam that's the reason i downloaded beam originally was i saw casey nastat i'm sorry and then beam failed though so well, they had Snapchat and Instagram that were, were doing something s- very similar to them, so I, I see why they failed. I just, I don't feel, like, every time I see, like, a, like a big YouTuber, like, do something like this, so, for example, another vlogger that I watch is Mars Bar, and he has this, like, social network called Cutie, and it sucks, and he, like, promoted it forever, and then I just gave up on it, because... It just the promotion didn't work for it, like just promoting it through his YouTube channel. So, well, that cutie, that cutie one, it's more like a like a question and answer service, right? It's like a you go in and you have like a Twitter stream of of thoughts, and then it's it's based around topics. I just I didn't see the point of that at all. Exactly, I don't see the point of this. Well, this is content. The, this is slightly different. That was a social media service. They were trying to build a service where they made you sign up for something and you had to actively go visit that app and actively to do that. You're already inside a YouTube app. So they're building on top of a platform where you already watch Casey. You already watch, uh, his name's Jake. Uh, and you already watch Jake. You already do all that. So you, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to subscribe to Beam because why not and watch one or two videos from them. But that's the thing, right? Like, kind of based on what you said, why would people download the Beam Panels app? Um, and why would also people watch the, this new YouTube channel if they already subscribe to channels that provide them the same type of content? So they need to differentiate. Like, yes, his audience might be interested in it, but chances are they already watch like Philly D, for example. So yeah, they get their new source news, from somewhere. 99% of the time, I don't watch a video for it. I read it in a news app or something. It's just, I, I don't know. I really like watching the Facebook videos of 
of all the text where they like I don't have to turn on my sound I can read the like the news article on the video and I also get the picture served to me I really like that yeah it's like quick con- consumption yeah, I mean like I do want this t- to succeed I want him to do something cool with it um I like how they're like taking a different um perspective on a lot of the news topics um but it just it depends on how they do with it because he's already talking about like scraping a lot of those videos so uh, I, I, don't, I don't know it's just it's, time will tell like i'm I don't not really... impressed by it and most of the time with casey i'm impressed so well i think that's also why he's scrapping a lot of these videos he's he's he doesn't feel confident in them they, they feel a little dry they feel a little i mean just uh, the overall idea like with some case he goes big with everything and this is just kind of a simple idea and i mean there's no way you can really spin it to make it like huge or not like huge but like t- way different and i just don't see how he's doing that and so i'm just i, I expected more i i think that's going to be the big turning point is when someone can say you know what beam news is actually really good i really do like their branding i i like the color scheme they got going though yeah, well, that only gets you so far. To, <laughs> yeah, so far. Let's jump to the next uh, topic. Anchor Act adds text chat to their app. Sunny thoughts, or let me let me run over it real quick. So Anchor is a podcasting app. I I say podcasting with air quotes because while they they are focused around audio and like these segments on Anchor proper on the Anchor app. You don't actually podcast. You're more of just talking to a series of followers, and and that that conversation that you have with them expires in 24 hours. You can do podcasting that creates an episode, and Sunny's been doing it very often on on Anchor. But overall, I still feel like it's very disjointed from actual podcasting, where you have like an hour long conversation, and or it's very highly produced, like This American Life, but what they're doing is adding text chat so when you create an anchor segment which is just you talking or having a conversation with somebody you can now text that person and kind of have a conversation in text what do you think about that sunny first so i really like how it's basically like i mean the main problem with call-ins is that a lot of times you want that to be two ways so like leon calls into my anchor station a lot and sometimes like you know, I'll want to, like, I'll respond and maybe the stuff that I say in that response, like, maybe Leon wants to respond back to that. So that doesn't really make sense doing a bunch of, like, call-ins and organizing that. Um, So chat's, like, a good way to replace that, just having, like, a conversation. Um, And then you can also, like, feature one of the, I guess, the comments um, or the discussion, one of the messages in that discussion um, on your station as well, so that's pretty cool. I'm all for it. When I listen to podcasts, it's like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to call in, but I'm sitting here in the middle of office at work, and that'd be weird, so. Excuse me, an opportunity without having to look like a weirdo in the middle of the office. <laughs> Audio is a, a hard medium to translate to, because you you have, like, you have the Kyle situation, but you also have the situations where you're in a loud environment. You're not able to call in. You're not able to talk to someone. I think Anchor made it a little more, like, 
I, they made it less weird because you're able to just put the phone up to your, your ear and talk to it like you're talking to someone on the phone. So you're like leaving a voicemail. That's what it feels like very much. But at the same time, I feel like the text chat breaks away from what Anchor was doing. They were focused on audio. Now they are adding on this like extra layer of comments. And I, I just, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't really know what to think of that, though. I mean, like, I understand with them focusing on audio, but, I mean, just from a pure, like, feature, like, you know, usefulness perspective, like, I think this is going to be something that a lot of people take advantage of. So it's, I mean, because they also have the, like, instead of a like button, they have the claps. So it's kind of like that where, you know, with with comments, um, like, actually, SoundCloud, I think, is a good... Uh, comparison because SoundCloud you can do uh, text comments but it will appear at the time that you add that comment so I think Anchor might be doing something similar to that when you feature one of the comments and I know the SoundCloud comments are like one of the biggest and like most enjoyable part of SoundCloud everyone always says oh I really enjoy their comments because they're linked to like a certain section in the, the song or a certain section in the the podcast so you're able to like actually comment on soundcloud at a certain point so like right now someone could comment on our soundcloud and they would just be talking to us in that like 20 minute mark yeah so if they do it that way i don't remember because i know when you feature it i think it's at the time that the comments added as far as the discussion goes i think i don't know if that's related to the time so it depends on how they how they do that yeah, I think implementation is the biggest part of it. Um, I feel like Anchor is very much like the medium of audio. They're they're trying to do all this this crazy stuff, trying to monetize podcasting in some way in the future, and trying to make it more normal. And I do understand adding text chat because not everyone on Anchor calls in, and not everyone on Anchor creates content on a daily basis it's, it's becoming more of a consumption app more than a creation app yeah i can definitely see that especially with all the features i've been releasing because they're really trying to take advantage of like just being talked about a lot in the media so well everyone's using them at the moment the verge yeah. started doing like little videos i mean audio segments on there um sarah Desici and um gary v are all on there so it, it's it's starting to become an app where you have all these big players in there they're all experimenting and anchor feels like they need to release something and it's it's really it's really getting to the point where i'm like this app is starting to like pop off it's it's going to that point where you know something could happen and become a big part of it yeah for sure Let's jump to the next topic. Spectacles are on sale through Amazon. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll walk away for like 10 minutes. Let me know when I can come back. <laughs> I think this is a big part, a big turning point for Spectacles, though. The Originally, you had to line up for a Snapbot. Uh, it was essentially a vending machine where you went up to it, you, you got your Spectacles, you left. It was only in certain locations, and the big part of it was it was very exclusive. 
so I think that made it very playful and everyone, you know, it wasn't like Google Glass. Then they started selling them on spectacles.com. The only bad part about that was the shipping was like $3.99 or something, but it took like a week to get there. So I ended up going through eBay just to buy them. But now through Amazon, that means you get same day, next day, depends what you pay for shipping. Um, Amazon fulfills it. It's just it's really quick and easy. Everyone's always shopping on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime also, so 130 what, bucks in, and you got it in two days. Do, do you think it's going to make um, spectacles more prevalent, or, or is everyone just doing I, Maybe it? a little bit. I still, like, personally, I just think they still look ridiculous. I would never actually wear them in public. If they and, weren't so, like, out there maybe but and also i feel like a big reason people were wearing them is because they were hard to get your hands on them and it was kind of like the cool thing you know you had these glasses with like yellow circles on them be like oh there's the spectacles and then you start like conversation about them now it's like oh everyone's gonna have them so i don't know less cool to wear them i guess Uh, yeah i on the point of kyle made that they're they're so out there the I think that was their biggest selling point. You, you knew that they were spectacles and you knew that those spectacles were record video. So everyone had this perception of, oh, he might record video of me. So you don't you don't want the Google Glass problem of what are those? What are you recording a video of me or what are you, what are you doing? So spectacles went playful, more of a toy. They added the ring light. They made it very obvious that you were going to record someone. But they um, also the like point... look really goofy, though. So I feel like like the diehard Snapchat fans will use these, but like the common I don't person, think they look like... goofy. You don't? No, not at all. I, I think, think they look like a normal pair of sunglasses, a little bulkier, but not very goofy. Like I think they they make a statement to where. Yes, I'm a Snapchat fan, but at the same time, um, I don't think they look goofy. I mean, I think if they introduced maybe different frames and still yeah. had, like, those circles, then that'd be fine. If I could have, like, rectangular frames or something. Something, like, I, I don't know. Those, like, they just look like they wouldn't fit my face, and I don't know. The yellow kind of just, like, stands out, and the shape of them looks like something, like, Lady Gaga would wear or something, <laughs> I don't know. I would like a stealthier looking pair of sunglasses. I I think that comes down to a little bit of being like, uh, I, I guess you're thinking, oh, I don't look good in these sunglasses. And what you should be thinking is, oh, these sunglasses are a utility and everyone knows what they are. They can, most people don't want to buy them because they're $130. So you're going to be one of the few that have them. Whenever I go to like a zoo or I go to like some sort of tourist attraction somewhere, people often ask me, are those Snapchat spectacles? Oh, those are super cool. How do they work? And everyone notices them, but nobody knows how to get them. Nobody knows um, how they work with, with Snapchat. So I kind of see the Amazon's a great part of it and I kind of see where you guys are coming from but I think everyone in our age range right now is very interested in Snapchat and 
I think also the younger generation, where like 13 to like 18 right now, are gonna wear these sunglasses just because they want to take circular video. Do these even support prescription lenses? Um, I believe you can do it third party, but um, I don't believe Spectacles or Snapchat actually has an option. I just, I don't know. I mean, uh, for like $130, definitely a, a small audience that will continue using these. Yes, it's still going to be a small audience. I think they're going to expand because now I can tell someone who asked me, oh, they're on Amazon. Just go check them out. They're like $130 and you get free two-day shipping. It's going to be easier than me telling them, yeah, you got to go to spectacles.com and then you you fill out that form. And they're like, spectacles.com? Like, is that like some weird site? And you go, no, 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 it's there. It's Snapchat. And you go, and then they're very like weary of it. And you're like, okay, whatever. Like, now you just say Amazon.com. So I, I think it's going to boost them to the point that they're like, yes, spectacles are more prevalent in everyday culture. And I also know that there's a lot of rumors flying that spectacles are going to come out with a version two that have AR um, capabilities. Now, I think that would be way more interesting than what they're currently doing. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's like you're walking around and you see someone's Bitmoji next to them and their snap code and, or maybe you have the dumb faces and like that sort of stuff. But Snapchat is adding more AR like um, lenses to their, their app. So there was like an island floating and you could just like look around the island and it, it it's really cool. So I think they could have some some really cool features on a AR version of Spectacles. Um, let's talk about the last to- topic. Ooh. Was there another topic? Oh, the Pokemon Go thing. Yes. Sorry. Hold on. I was trying to make sure everyone filled out the personal topics on Trello. Um <laughs> So Pokemon Go held a festival in Chicago. (laughs) Yes, people play Pokemon Go still. I (laughs) log in from time to time. Um, But what happened was in the Chicago festival, there was a technical issue that caused the servers to just crash. So everyone that was attending was going to try to hunt for a legendary Pokemon. They paid like $20 to get in and... They all gathered in a park in Chicago. They were supposed to have like all these lures and eggs and everything. And then all of a sudden, no one could play. Everyone was very upset. They were just, you know, you go somewhere and you you just want to have everything work. And I just think it's a big like like pie in the face for for Pokemon Go. Well, what they expect, like already like the cell service in Chicago, like you figured it'd be great. But it's actually really spotty. Like, I always have issues sometimes with it not being that fast on my building in the middle of Chicago. Or when I'm at the train station, it's like there's so many signals there where I just can't load anything ever. And they're going to just pack that many people downtown Chicago on a Saturday when there's already a ton of people down there. And expect to get cell service for something like this. That's just, they didn't really think that through. Yeah, a lot of times in these, when you do 
any sort of festival like South by Southwest or like CES, you have these cell companies go out and deploy extra towers, like mobile towers. So obviously Niantic wasn't going to have a big enough festival, but they could have deployed like a Wi-Fi network just for these festival goers. Um, and the point to the cell signal, I think that's every city. Um, Austin, Dallas, and Houston, where, where I often go to, um, whenever I go in the city, no matter what cell phone I have and no matter what carrier I have, it's always spotty. It's just, it's all the big buildings and the trains, the trees, everything that's blocking the cell signal that really messes with, with your cell phone. And it honestly just drains your battery really quickly too. Yeah. Um, so Niantic is going to make it up to everyone. They're giving everyone $100 in Pokemon coins and they can use that for their account. They get special eggs and check-ins and everything. And they also get um, the legendary Pokemon Luigia added to their account. So everyone who like registered to go ended up coming out on top. But at the same time, I feel like it would have been more fun for them and looked much better for Niantic if they actually just like managed to fix the servers and made sure everything was going to work. Actually, I have a couple friends... Yeah, I have a couple friends that still play Pokemon Go, um, so I, and I was surprised too. Like I thought everyone just stopped playing it. I feel like if I was one of the few people who still played it, like any more issues from Niantic would just like make me fall off from it, because like there's just so much that you can, you know, endure. I suppose, but we still play uh, Rainbow Six Siege and those servers, and that that <laughs> game is just a cluster of problems every time we log on <laughs> well it's, it's gotten better though. and Niantic's wait, wait, wait. gotten better so they have i yeah. don't think niantic's really a fault here for like their servers it was literally just the cell service no it oh. was um the, the servers the servers crashed and they oh. no one could log in at all no oh, never mind the, the cell servers <laughs> were a problem but the, there was still a technical issue that is to blame <laughs> um well let's see okay so you guys don't have any personal topics um sunny uh you want to plug your anchor real quick no i don't no okay, i'm kidding wow, okay <laughs> that's anchor.fm slash sunny sing and sunny's been doing some really cool podcasts on there um they're like one of your topics was what bike shedding yeah, I thought it was an interesting term that like kind of changed my perspective on uh, making decisions. I, I enjoyed it, but I felt like you should have like followed it up with like um, wh- like why it's important because you just explained oh, like it. a like an analogy. Yeah, yeah, you explained it, but then I was like, you should have explained why it's important because I was gonna call in, but then I forgot, and at that point when I remembered, it was like two days later. Yeah, I was also, like, last week kind of tired, I guess. I was going to do a second segment on it. I was like, I know I'm missing something, but, yeah. Uh, so, I wrote the juice board review. Um, I had to rewrite this review because juice board actually, like, changed their pricing on the board. So, it went from a $450 electric longboard that was a copycat of boosted board to a $649.799. So now they have two boards. The Juice Single is 649 
and the Juice Duel is $7.99. I just, man, I'm, I'm really upset about this price change. It makes a world of difference for this board. Did they give a reason why they changed the price? Um, they said that they're that they got feedback from Casey and all the reviewers, and then um, used that feedback to introduce two skateboards: the Juice Single, which is the budget budget version, um, and then the Juice Dual, which is almost the exact same specs the top speed, the range, as the Boosted Board Dual Plus. While it's still not as like fast to accelerate and to slow down, it's still like the same specs as the Boosted Board. And that was their reason for changing. So now they have two boards instead of just one. Hmm. I, I feel just... like they should have added more to it. Because I remember watching Casey's review on it, and he... Just, I mean, he compared it to Boosted, which is not a super fair comparison, but he did say it was very low on the performance end. But for the price, it was definitely worth the value, if I remember it. Why do you say it's not fair to compare it to Boosted? Because it's, I mean, it's like comparing a budget product, like comparing like a Toyota to a Lamborghini. Like they're, like you, that doesn't seem like a fair comparison to make. I think comparing them to cars is a little far far off. It's like comparing um, a OnePlus three to a Pixel. Like you can, you're gonna have to compare a, a high end phone with a, a mid range phone just to just to put it in perspective. Like you're not gonna be able to compare a, a Honda Accord to a Lamborghini. There, there's just no that that's too far off. On I the, mean, I agree. The high end. I, I agree, but I think like. In all of the reviews of the board, I feel like it should be more like, how does it actually, how will it actually work with like someone just using it every day and like what commuting situations and stuff like that? Well, I think the other part of why I compared it to Boosted and why Casey compared it to Boosted was how close they are to the Boosted branding. Their arms, their box looks like them. They, uh, yeah, I guess that's part of the problem. Like, because like even the logo and the placement of it, it's like uh, it could be a little more strategic about it. Yeah, it's just man, I just that goes a blatant ripoff. I wouldn't say blatant, blatant. It was very close to being blatant. Like I know Casey says that it's very like it's just unforgivable what what they're doing, but no, but like at least like choose a different color scheme or not have like not place in the same area like it's very obvious i don't know it's i, th- I think it's hard to defend it, it but it, like that aside i think it, it seems like a very good budget electric skateboard so well, yeah but you can go get another board that has the same specs as this board for 700 dollars already okay so i i just think that the price jump makes this board a lot harder to justify for anyone that's not saying that if I was in the market for an electric longboard or skateboard, I would buy the juice just because I want to save that extra $700 and get a pretty good board. So I see them still like coming out on top here, but at the same time, I just, I'm very upset with the price change. Like $450 or $500 would have been a very good price point to hit. 
Yeah, especially considering they didn't like add anything to it performance wise or anything. I think, think five hundred would speeds, be a. Oh, what's top that? speed's now twenty. Twenty miles per hour. From what was the old one? Seventeen or something. Okay, it's slight, but I mean, it's not worth the what two hundred dollar increase. Yeah. So I know that now they're like outside of their Indiegogo campaign, so they could say, "Oh, we increased it because we needed to make our margin and make some money." But don't tell all the YouTubers that, "Oh, this is four hundred fifty dollars," because everyone's going to jump at that opportunity and go, "Okay, cool," because now everyone goes on YouTube and they go, "Oh, four hundred fifty dollars for the skateboard," and then they go and try to buy it, and they're like, "Whoa, that's not four hundred fifty dollars." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like 500 550 would be a sweet spot. Yeah, 559 for the first one, 649 for the the dual model would have been a really good price point, I think. Other than that, the board's really good. It's it's hard to compare cuz I don't have another electric skateboard, but I really do like the skateboard in general. Um, what'd you guys think of the review though? Thoughts? The video one was really windy. <laughs> I know. I, I listened back to it, and I was like, oh, man. But there's nothing I could really do. I was just like, okay. I was kind of done with recording and editing and everything. So. No, I thought they were both pretty pretty decent reviews. I really... I'm more... I like the written part more just because the videos are so hard to shoot and edit. Mm-hmm. I think like with the videos, I would have preferred, I think I said this in the Slack, would have preferred you write it more and like show show off the board instead of just being a recap of the article. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that's more of just my general like idea for the YouTube channels to use it as, as a way to like, oh, recap the video, uh, the articles. So you go read the article so you get a better idea because it's, it's more long form. I don't want a seven mm-hmm. minute video. I mean, you, well, because M- MKBHD, he what he does for Facebook, he'll like shorten his like he'll take clips out of his YouTube video and do that for Facebook. So maybe still do more video, but kind of not have it be a, a full length review. Okay, I see. Do a full length review, written and do video do specific and specific content for the medium, but not a okay. full length review and what you can just do in the article. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, Kyle, you have no topics today, right? No. Okay. Um, That's everything that we have for this week. If you liked the podcast, you enjoyed listening to us, um, thank you. Also, if you could uh, rate us six stars on iTunes. I know it's only five, but just try to get six. Um, Share this with your friends we're on pocket cast sling um or not sling um what's that that one we're on pocket cast google play <laughs> we're on pocket cast google play itunes anywhere that you get your podcasts we are there we're on soundcloud we're all digital bound on there hbo ne- netflix yeah they just got a deal <laughs> we'll be yeah. there in the fall so it's, a it's a hulu it's a hulu add-on Ooh, we're still working out that deal <laughs> Um, Sunny Singh IO on Twitter, designed by Kyle, uh, Leon Hitchens on Twitter. Uh, tweet us your your questions or if you had any comments about this episode, just tweet them to us. Uh, I think that's it for the week, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty slow week. 
yeah, it's, it's one of those weeks. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.